following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Isn't it great waking up in Austin, Texas? Come on, somebody. You could have woke up in prison today. Could have woke up in the hospital today. But you woke up at your house in Austin, Texas. And you got ready and you came to the second session. And we're having a great time here at Christian Life Austin. Clap your hands real big. It's an honor to see you. It really is. I, uh, I gave up my seat today because we have an overflow crowd. <laughs> Oh, that's so awesome. And to all of our people watching online, we welcome you. Everybody that watches, I don't know how many watches, probably when I'm preaching about two, I imagine. But it does not matter. All the folks that are watching, we thank you for watching. And whatever we say today, may it be healing words to you. May it be healing words. Let's give our online people a great hand. Amen. Our church in Tulsa, let's give them a great hand. I am, I am Rex, Rex Johnson. I'm senior pastor here. Been trying to do this for about 29 years. We're having a good time. You see next door, we're either tearing something else up or there's progress next door. I hope that it's progress. I believe that it is. Uh, the people next door <laughs> didn't like our, that, that guy coming in with that, that concrete buster. <laughs> so they called over here and said, who gave y'all the right to do that? We're so happy to tell them the city did. And there's a thing on our wall here that said we can do that. I hate to wake people up in the morning, but it, it'll be over in a little while and then sleep again. All right. It's a joy to have you. Turn to somebody and say, I'm glad to be with you today in church. Now I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up because I believe in calisthenics. I'm not going to be lengthy, about 25 minutes. I'll be through. But at the same time, I want to give you something worthwhile to take home with you today. And all of our guests, we welcome you. We thank you for being here. It's such an honor, such an honor to preach to such a beautiful crowd and a brilliant crowd. I, I, I shook hands with a lot of people that I know have just a lot of sense, and so I want to make sense myself today. We're doing a series called Uphill Habits, and I'm going to add a little to it in a downhill world. We're doing Uphill Habits, and, and, and as the first of the year starts, there's four things that we're trying to get a hold of and put into your life and heart. So today will be more teach than it will preach. In fact, I'll just call it treaching. I'll try to mix the two. I'll call it treaching. God bless you. And now you got your blood flowing. All right, you can be seated. I loved our 21 days of prayer this last three weeks. How many of you enjoyed that? Did you enjoy that? Wasn't it fun? Friday morning at 6 o'clock, we had a prayer line here. It was a blessing to me personally. And a lot of people came through the prayer line, about 150, and many of them received what they needed from God. Thanks, CLC, for the steadfastness in prayer these last 21 days. Every, every week, five of those days was at 6 a.m. in the morning. And yesterday we concluded with probably 400 people here at 9 o'clock. What a joy to come and have people just talk to God for those 21 days. We started a series last week called Uphill Habits, and I'm real excited about it. Pastor Brad did a remarkable job. Let's give him a great hand. He did a remarkable job. And this series has the potential to impact our lives in an incredible way. It really does. I love the study of habits. Aristotle once said, we are what we repeatedly do. We're the sum total of what we keep doing. And most of us, 
have some habits that we like, but some of us have habits that we don't like. Amen. So we've got a new year. We've got a brand new start. Everybody likes a new start, a fresh beginning. And many of us need that in our lives. We form habits and then those habits form us. So you are who you are based on what you decided to repeatedly do in your life. So because, because of habits, we do not like, we start over the new year with new year resolutions. I like to call them big hopes and big dreams. This is the thesis of our series. Most people have uphill hopes, but they have downhill habits. They need to reverse that. Hope is wonderful. And I thank God for hope. It's the anchor of the soul. You can't live without it. You really can't. Hope is mentioned a lot in the Bible. It's a motivator of our life. But hope is not a strategy. Say it with me. It's not a strategy. Hope has no strategy. Hope will get you going, but it won't keep you going. What you need in your life is to get some habits. (laughs) You need to form some new habits. You need to start changing some things in your life. That's why a lot of people never make it to February. It's like me and the gym. I joined the gym. All right. I went five straight days. Then I drove by it, went two days the next week. And then the next week I drove by and said, I'll wait till next week. And then the next week I said, you know, I used to go there. (laughs) So how do we do that? How do we, how do we get things in our life? We praise God. The Bible talks about a whole lot about habits and we call them uphill habits because there's two things involved in them. Number one, they're toward God and anything toward God is uphill. And they're not necessarily easy, and that's uphill. Some people don't like to go uphill. They don't like to go into the wind. But you have to do this to form new habits in your life. In fact, everything worthwhile in your whole life is uphill. If you really want to have a marked difference in your life, don't expect easy. It's doable, but it's challenging. Bottom line is this. God is for us. Everybody say, he's for us. Romans 12 said, fix your attention on God. God will do some things different than resolutions. You'll be changed, not outside in, but inside out. And you need to readily recognize what God wants from you. Quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around us that's dragging us down to a level of immaturity, God does what we hope for. And this is my greatest hope for you, that the best is brought out of you this year because you formed some brand new habits in your life. Amen? Amen. I want to say, please give Christian life a chance, please, because we'll take you on that journey. This is a church that loves grace. This is a church that loves people. This is a church that can take you where you are and take you where God wants you to be. Because God is for every one of us. Say, God is for me. I don't care if it's your first time here. Say, God is for me. He made that clear in his word. To all the people, all the new people in our church, and a lot of you are, we have just finished 21 days of prayer and fasting. And fasting is not just denying yourself food. It just means denying yourself something that probably you shouldn't have in your life anyway. You know what I fasted? I fasted bluebell ice cream. (laughs) And last night, Patty bought a pint of strawberry and my fast was over. Mm. I didn't eat the whole pint, but I I made an impression. What fasting does is it breaks a habit. Why 21 days, Pastor? Let's talk about it. 21 days is a scriptural precedent. It takes 21 days to break a bad habit or to form a new one. You can't just do it overnight. Remember, whatever you starve will die. And whatever you feed will thrive. 
So you've got to starve some things. Hopefully that's things of the flesh, things that you don't need. And you've got to feed some things. Hopefully that's part of your spiritual life. So we're giving you four God habits. And last week, Pastor Brad gave you the first one. And it's to focus on what to do first in your life. There is power in first things. Everybody say amen to that. They set a precedent. First things have power. They really do. So we gave you not only putting God first, but how to live a God first life in your life. And today I'll give you the second habit where there's four of them. Now, next week we have a special guest, a former NFL player is going to be with us next Sunday. He's going to go to the Super Bowl thing this week and he's going to get a lot of film from the Christian men that are playing on Sunday. We're going to have about a three or four minute film that he's going to stand up here and talk. He's a former Los Angeles Ram and he'll probably be a little tinted and a little biased, but we'll put up with him unless he says too much. All right, I'll take over. Habit number two. We have to control our thinking. Everybody say thinking. Zig Ziglar said there's a lot of stinking thinking. We need to control our thinking. Thoughts are incredibly powerful. The Bible has a whole lot to say about thinking. In fact, Paul's four chapter Philippian letter deals with at least 16 times about the thought process and the mind. And looking back over my life, it was my thought process, not my doing process that changed my direction. I was raised in church. I found Jesus as a kid at nine years of age. I gave my heart to the Lord. I've been in church my whole life. In fact, I tell people, and this is old, but it's still fun to talk about. I had a drug habit when I was a young kid. My parents drugged me to church on Sunday, (laughs) drugged me to church on Wednesday. And I still have those drugs in my veins. And I loved God, and I stay with me now, but I didn't like the church. I didn't like our church. I didn't like prayer because we'd go to have prayer, and they'd lay around for four hours and Everybody get laid on, hands on for three or four times, and it just lasted on and on and on. It became a very religious thing. But I had a strong fear of God, and I did not want to go to hell, so I stayed connected. So I went to church. I just went. Church was dead. It was boring. It was dry. And there was really no spirit in our church. Church was brutal. It was brutal. I think I'd rather face a firing squad than to go to Wednesday night at our church. 25, 30 people. It was very legalistic. I felt like I couldn't breathe deeply and be saved. And I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. My brother and I were the only ones in our school that went to that church in our town. And we could not do anything in the school. We could not be a part of anything. No sports, nothing, no cool things. I was not, I was not bullied by the school because I was very popular in the school. But I was looked at through a John Desire. What kind of church do you go to? And people thought I was Weird Harold. They really did. I went back to my 50th. <laughs> You know, I graduated when I was eight, but I went back to my 50th <laughs> anniversary from my graduation. And, and the girl that introduced me said, little old Rexy became a preacher. We want little old Rexy to come up here and talk to us. And I got to talk to those people from the standpoint of where I am right now. And I'm no longer weird Harold and they loved on me and they loved what I was about. Amen. But I, I, I felt unloved at school and I felt unloved at church. But I went to a summer camp one year when I was about 16 years old and a, and, a, and a pastor from another city that did not even know who I was came up to me and put his arm around me and he was crying. I didn't know him. And he put his arm around me and he, he prophesied over me and he told me that God had some big plans for me. Mm. And I would change a lot of people one day. So I thought he was saying I was going to be governor or president. I didn't know. He didn't ever say I was going to be a preacher. He said I was going to be a champion. Now that stayed with me, a champion, a champion. 
a leader. And I would make a difference in people one day, a lot of people. And I, I, I went to college. I didn't go to study the ministry. I went to college and I, 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 stu- I went to a speech class. I thought if I'm going to be a leader, I need to learn how to make a speech. So I stood up and I couldn't make a speech. And the teacher continually came to me and said, Rex, you cannot look at the floor. You've got to look at the people. And I kept looking at the floor. And one day I went by a grandmother that just kind of took me in in this town. And she fed me when I didn't have any money. I was on my own. I paid my own way through college. And, and, and I went to buy her one day. She said, I want you to talk to me and make me a speech. And I made a speech. She said, get your head up and talk to me. She said, get your head up and said, look me right in the eye. And she taught me how to lift my head and to make a speech. Amen. But when this call of the ministry came, I kept remembering that pastor. Was he for real? Was he? Did he just say dumb things to me? The words of that pastor, even though later in life he had a moral failure, it never left my heart. Never, 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 never. Let me say something to you. If you want your life to change, it doesn't begin in your doing. It begins in how you think. And some of us need to stop thinking bad and start thinking good things. Some of you have been raised to to, to always think that bad things are going to happen. I want to tell you, you've walked into church today that has good things that can happen to you in your life. And you can make a turnaround right here on this Sunday morning. Somebody help me preach right now. You can have great things happen in your life. I believe that with all my heart. Wise thinking will lead to right, lead to right living. So I want to teach you about thinking today. I want to teach you about thinking. First of all, everything begins with my thoughts. Say everything. everything. Begins with good things, bad things, are fueled by how one thinks. You cannot change your behavior without changing the thought that feeds that behavior. We have wonderful young athletes in this church. We've got kids that are going to go high in the draft and going to go to colleges. And colleges are begging for them right now. They're in the house right now. And I want those young men to think, I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me. I don't want you to think about your limitations. I want you to think about your possibilities here today. Come on now. Let's, let's talk a little bit. See, you can't change your behavior without changing the thought that fed your behavior. I'm very careful about what goes into my mind the first hour of the day. Now, let me tell you, when I get up in the morning, I've often told people I leave the house happy. And I really do. But I don't wake up happy all the time. I heard a woman come to me one time. She said, I wake up grumpy every day. And I kind of laughed. She said, then sometimes I let him sleep in. (laughs) But sometimes I wake up grumpy. Sometimes I don't feel good about life. But I wake up and the first thing I do, the first thing is quote a scripture that I love in the Bible, Psalms 118, 24. This is a day the Lord has made and I'm going to rejoice and be glad. And you can't quote that. You can't say that without a smile on your face. Oh, I feel like talking right now. And, I, and, and then I go and I don't turn on my phone. I don't turn on my computer. I don't read my emails. I don't do Instagram and Facebook. I'm going to get on that in a little bit. But I don't do all of that. But I don't get on my phone to see what the texts are. I don't get on, uh, on my phone. I don't, I don't get on things that, that matter like emails. Emails can wait a little while. And I, I'm reluctant sometimes to get back to those emails. In fact, Patty answers a lot of them for me. And you think it's me. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I get up in the morning and I thank God for who he is. And I thank the good Lord for giving me such a wonderful wife. She's awesome. She's awesome. I did marry up. I outkicked my coverage, and I don't mind telling you that. She's awesome. 
you know, we had some beautiful children and I love my kids and I'm thankful that my kids live for God. I'm thankful my son-in-law still think I'm pretty cool. More hairy leg boys that I, that took my daughters out of my life. And, and now they're producing grandkids that are just the most excellent things in all the world. It's amazing what can happen when a old hairy legged son-in-law marries beautiful daughters. But you got to wake up in the morning with right thinking. Romans 12 says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but let God transform you. Let God transform you. God wants to put some new stuff inside of you. He really does. And it's all about how you think. Everything begins with thinking. Say everything. Everything. Secondly, what we think determines how we feel. So you may be blaming your spouse or your boss or your teachers or your next door neighbors or the economy. But trust me, those things are not making you feel the way you feel. Listen to me now. Your response to those things, your thought life in response to those things is determining how you feel. Everybody lives in the same world, but some people live victoriously. Some people live in defeat. It's all how you respond to the world and how those things are. That's why we want to encourage you. It's very important for us to realize that we have, we have to have a filter on our mind. So beginning tomorrow morning, here I go. I'm fixing to preach a little. Beginning tomorrow morning, we need to consider getting rid of as much media as we can for one week. I wish I could just tell you. Take one week. Okay, one week. Yeah? You ready? You ready? Take one week. So I mean one week, one week without Instagram. God, I just felt like I just lost half this crap. One week without Facebook. Just one week. Oh, pastor. God, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's like... Turn it off days of our lives. We're young and they're restless. I can't do it. <laughs> Come on, men. Say a good amen. amen. And hey, students, one week without video games. Fortnite can wait. Why don't you let some of those people live on that screen and don't kill them this week? Oh, I'm preaching. You know I'm getting right up in your face. One week without the news, one week without secular music, one week without movies, one week without television. Why don't you wait till next week and turn on the Super Bowl at 540 and let that be the first thing you watch on TV all week. Just one week, try it, just try it and replace it. Don't just quit doing it, but replace it with some good, good music, some good spiritual music, contemporary Christian music. You may even like rap, whatever. But go down the road singing something glorious. Replace it in your house and put worship in your car. Do it as an offering. Do it as a sacrifice unto the Lord. Do it as a test because it's going to prove something to you. It's going to prove that the reality verse that you'll think about things that are true. You'll start thinking about things that are noble. You'll start thinking about things that are right and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. And if you think about these, you'll experience the God of peace in your life. We need peace in our life. Come on, folks. The world is not peaceful, but God's kingdom is peaceful. See, I can't change the circumstances around you, but I can lead you to something that will give you peace in the middle of those circumstances. It's called the God factor. Am I helping anybody? Say everything begins with a thought. What we think determines how we feel. And number three, our thoughts will determine where you are this time next year. Our thoughts. Your destiny is your thought life. In fact, one man said it best. Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a lifestyle. Sow a lifestyle, reap a destiny. That starts with thought, and the last word is destiny. 
What you think determines your destiny. If you don't like where you're going, you need to change how you're thinking. If you keep thinking the same thing, expecting different results, it's called insanity. Am I talking to somebody? Sounds like PMA to me, Pastor. Well, it, it, it may be PMA, positive mental attitude. But Romans says, those who are dominated by sinful nature think about those things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So it's not PMA. It's God thinking. Come on, clap your hands real big. It's God thinking. But this is more than just Sunday. It's more than just Sunday. If your spiritual nature controls your mind, you can almost be guaranteed that things are going to be dying around you. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. Everybody say, preach to us, Pastor. Talk to us. Give me just a few more moments and I'll be through. 2 Corinthians 10 said, if you want to overcome the enemy in your life, if you want to pull down the strongest part of the devil's work in your life, you have to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Everybody say, captive every thought. Every thought. That's what we're going on. That's what, that's, that's, that, that's what we're going to do here. So now we've got to capture it and we've got to put our finger around it. So how do we do it? So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some little practice things. I want you to write these down. Put these on your refrigerator, okay? This is refrigerator material. This is what will make you go out and wear that enemy out. Come on, I'm Coach Johnson now and we're fixing to talk to you. I'm going to give you some practicality, not just inspiration. I'm going to give you some information right now. We need to find a plan to control our thoughts. How do you control your thoughts? A lot of bad thinking. Primarily, honestly, it's coming through the internet. I'm sorry. It's coming through TV. For a lot of us, it's in the time of, in, in 2019, let this be the year that's marked by you're not going to be a lone ranger in those things anymore. I, I have a beautiful staff, and I love my staff. And I tell them, if you, ever, if you ever have a problem on the internet, if you ever have a problem there, you don't have to come talk to me about it. You really don't. But you need to have somebody in your life that is an accountability partner to you. You need to be able to go to somebody. See, I, I know what's out there. And you need to be accountable with Sunderman. Just put a filter on it, some kind of accountability, some kind of eyes that can go to your computer and say, you know what, you don't need to be looking at that, bub. You need to change. Nobody's going to put you in hell. You just need to change your thought process and move forward. And some of you know what I'm talking about. As a child of God, you need to change from that and start reading the Bible. Now, it's amazing to me. It really is. How, when you read the Bible, it'll flat out change the way you think. I'm going to hold it in my hand. You know why? Because this Bible is powerful. This Bible is life-changing. This Bible will turn your life around. This Word of God is powerful. It, it's a beautiful book. It's as current today as it was 400 years ago. The Bible is still alive. It's still well. You can read some things and throw them away and never read them again, but you can pick this up and read it, and it's still current today because it is the Word of God. The Bible preaches. It has a heartbeat. It has power in it. The Bible says that the word of God is alive. It's active. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It'll get up in your soul and spirit. Can I preach for about 30 seconds here right now? Amen. It'll judge the faults and attitudes of your heart. It'll go, uh-uh, uh-uh. Don't be thinking that. The way I like to say it is don't read the Bible. Let the Bible read you. My wife, I call her sweet pea. You need to call her patty, whatever. Just call us to dinner, whatever. We'll answer to anything. She reads a one-year Bible every year. She is so much deeper in the Word than I am. 
She reads a one-year Bible. I read, I read chapters and I read whole books of the Bible, but I, don't, I ain't never read a one-year Bible. And she finds some stuff in her days. And she threw one at me the other day and she said, give me that interpretation. I said, give me a year. <laughs> it's a one-year Bible. Give me a year. So it's a little Old Testament. It's a little of the Old Testament. It's a little of the New Testament. It's a little of the Psalms and it's a little of the Proverbs. And it's a balanced diet of the Bible every day. You need to go get you one, a one-year Bible. My friend Larry Stockstall's been here. He's from Baton Rouge and he's been here to talk to us. Can you take the thing off of that time right there, sweetheart? I can't see what time it is. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's 1122. I know what time it is. Thank you. Amen. I'm sorry. I, didn't, I, I, I looked up and I saw nothing. So, so Stockstill said altogether, a one-year Bible is about 15 minutes a day. Anybody got 15 minutes? If you don't, he said, why don't you just read a psalm? And if you don't have time for that, he said, I'm getting to think about you. You don't have, you, you have nothing. You have no time for the word. He said, read a proverb. It's just a sentence. <laughs> and he said, if you don't have time to that, he said, you need to loosen up. you got too much going on. Some of you need to pick this thing up. You need to pick that one-year Bible up and you need to start reading it. Say, God, help me. I encourage you to read the one-year Bible this year and say, I'm going to make changes in my thinking because I'm reading the Word of God this year. Clap your hands real big. Amen. Amen. The second thing I want to give to you is you've got to find a place to think your thoughts. You've got to find a place to think your thoughts. Sometime during the day. Write that down. Put it on your refrigerator. One has to turn the volume down. You've got to turn the world's volume down and talk to somebody that understands where you are in life. If it's not but for five minutes, put your focus on God. You have to go, have to, go to a place and let God speak to you as if you're speaking to God. And I'm, I'm talking about prayer. I really, really am. And I have people that come to me and say, Pastor, I just don't know how to pray. I can't pray. Let's get a hold of that. Then they give me a 10-minute diatribe about why they could not pray, to which I have said, well, brother, you have no problems talking. Why don't you quit talking to me and start talking to him? I used to have a man, he died too young. I'd hear him pray down here. He called his heavenly father. He didn't say, Abba, Father. He said, Daddy, I love you. You know what? The Lord loves to hear that kind of prayer. If you've got time to say that, it's just an awesome thing. God does not need your formality. He doesn't need you to rhyme or hallelujah. He doesn't need the vows and the vines and the arts. He's not from England. All he needs is somebody to bow down and just start talking to him and say, I need a little help today. And I promise you, you start talking like that and help's on the way. God's going to answer your prayer and come to you where you are. I believe that. I love the story of the man I have told many times. He used to come by the church on his way to work and he was always running late, but he would always stop by the church and he would bow at the altar and he'd say, Jesus, this is Jim and I love you today. Talk to you tomorrow. And he was gone. The man got sick later in the life. And one day the door opened and there was a man, strange man, walked into his room. And the man said, Jim, this is Jesus. Good to talk to you today. I'll see you tomorrow. I'm here to tell you, God hears any prayer. Oh, somebody help me right now that you send up. It doesn't have to be this long. It doesn't have to be artistic. Just talk to him. Just talk to God. 
Hallelujah. The third thing, I got to hurry. 1125, I'll be through at the bottom of the hour. We need to find a person or people that will stretch your thoughts and stretch our thoughts. You need somebody in your life. You need to involve yourself with God's people. See, that's why we have church. And some of you that are looking for a church, welcome to your new church. Amen. Amen. I promise you two things. I'll give you a chance to go to heaven and I'll love the guppies out of you (laughs) because I truly love people. I wasn't raised in a preacher's home. I was raised in a saint's home and I'm pastoring the way I didn't have church. I'm pastoring just the opposite. I'm the anonym of what I was raised in. But I want to tell you that God loves people and he loves you and he wants you to be saved. And you need to be around people that will stretch your faith and stretch your thinking and let you understand that you're worth something. See, when you have a sin, James says, you confess it to God. But if you want to be healed, you go confess it to your brother. And we need people that will stand strong and not accuse people when they come and say, I need to talk to you. So if you confess your faults to one another and pray for one another, that's where you'll experience healing. I encourage all of you, every one of you, every one of you, we've got over 700 people already in life groups, but I encourage every one of you to get in a life group, get right in the middle of it. Life groups are launching this week, but we hadn't shut the door. This is a church of grace. (laughs) And you can get in. Come on, the boat's about to sail. Get on board. Let me say this. Some of us don't have control over the negative people in our lives, and some of us do. The world is a negative place. And there's a lot of non-positive things about it. That's why you need a spiritual life group to be a part of, a place of encouragement. You know what? We've got a brand new life group this, week, this, this month, you know, this, this semester, 13 weeks. You know what it's called? It's called Hymn and Harmony. And we've got 80 people signed up to go to it. You know why? They just want to sing with people. If you, if you can't carry a tune, you want to get in a life group, go to him and harmony, go to it because there's something going to happen. You'll probably get a nice meal (laughs) and you'll get to sing and it don't matter if you sing out of tune, be a part of something, stretch your mind, stretch your imagination, get around people that are positive and watch God do great things in your life. Clap your hands real big. And the fourth thing, you need to find a purpose to land your thoughts. Now, here, here's what I want to tell you. It's real short. This is real short. The healthiest thought you can have is thoughts about why you're on this planet. Why are you here? The healthiest thought you can have is I know this is bad and I know that's bad, but I know why I'm here and I've got a job to do. The most miserable people I know, it's not circumstantially miserable. No, the most miserable people I know are people who don't know why in the world they're on this planet. They don't have purpose. The healthiest thought you can have about is your purpose. I, in fact, I want you to go so far as to say it this way. That is, if you could hear God speak to you right now, he'd want to tell you two things. And here it is. Number one, let's settle yesterday. And number two, let's think about your future. Some of you need to settle your yesterday. He's got a plan for your life, folks. He really, really does. So you don't conform to the pattern of this world. You really don't. You're transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Bible never talks about renewing your heart. It talks about renewing your mind. And you need to renew your mind. You need to start thinking the things that God wants you to think. You need to have a hallelujah in your heart instead of a oh bleep. You know, you know sometimes people pull out in front of me. I've learned to say, God bless them. But when they really pull out from them, I say, God bless them. 
That's how it works. I'm sorry. The Bible said if you, if you don't conform to the pattern of this world, you're transformed. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is for your life. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Listen, hear me. The things that keep me clean, the things that keep my soul on fire, the things that keep me motivated to pastor this church and to take care of my precious family is the fact that I know exactly why I'm on this planet. I'm on this planet to bring people to Jesus and take them to heaven. And I'm on this planet to preach the gospel to you. And I'm on this planet to love you. Come on now, to love you like you'll not be loved anywhere in Austin. I'm on this planet for that. And the Lord said my 60s would be my greatest decade. But boy, I can't wait to get into my 70s. It's going to be fantastimo, whatever that word is. And the last thing that you need to do, you need the power to fuel those thoughts. Let me introduce something to you called the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you about the Holy Spirit. When God speaks to you, he's going to tell you something that's bigger than you can do by yourself. It's actually genius on his part because his, he will inspire you to something, really something great, significant. But if you're going to have, have it, you've got to have him to pull it off. It's kind of like the man that told his son one day, son, go move that rock out of the road. And the son went and moved the rock out of the road, tried to, and he couldn't budge it. And he came back. He said, dad, I, I can't move it. He said, son, are you using all your help that you can? He said, yeah, dad. He said, go move that rock then. And he went the second time and he couldn't move the rock. And he came back and said, dad, I can't move the rock. He said, son, are you using all the help you can use? He said, dad, why are you asking that? He said, because you've never asked me, your father, to go help you move that rock. And the dad went out and followed him. And they pushed it together. And the boy hugged the daddy. He said, every time I need something big, I'm going to go to the father. And here's what I want to tell you. Come on, here's what I want to tell you. When you're, when you're running into a dead end wall, you need to lift up your hands and say, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, come down and help me. I promise you, he'll what not hold his spirit from any one of us. He wants to fill you. He wants to lead you. He wants to direct you. He wants to show you a peace that nobody else can give you. And only the Holy Spirit in your life and around your life and a part of your life will give you that kind of peace. And those that are filled with it, say amen and clap your hands real big. Amen. Amen. You need the power of God in your life. And this church teaches and preaches that. In fact, later this year, I'm going to do a Holy Spirit series. And I don't want you to miss a Sunday because I'm going to be preaching every one of them. And God's going to help us understanding the baptism and the Spirit of God in our life. We all need the Holy Ghost to help us. Amen. We all need the presence of God to help us and to lead us and to guide us and to direct us. And I close. I've been lengthy today. I apologize. It's 1132, five minutes till quitting time. But Isaiah says it this way, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. You need a God to help you in your thought life. You need him. Here's the deal. He wants you to have his thoughts, not your thoughts. Let the mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, Philippians said, who thought it not robbery to be equal to God, but made of himself no reputation, but took on the form of a servant. That's the Jesus that wants to help you. That's the God that wants to come into your life and say, I can direct you. Don't matter if you're 14 or 84. It doesn't matter. God wants to help every one of us. Say amen to that. Amen. Ephesians says, now to him that is a beautiful benediction, who's able to do exceeding, 
abundantly above the things you can ask. According to the power that is at work within us. One of my favorite scriptures. I want you to listen to this. This is what I want to, I want to tell you in conclusion. This is what I want to tell you. This pastor has Jesus first in his life. He's first. I exist to serve and glorify him. I love my wife. Wow. And I'll lay down my life to serve her. And my children will love God and serve him with their whole heart. And my son-in-law's will too. And I will nurture. And I will equip and I will train and empower them to do more for God's kingdom. Than they can possibly imagine. I'm growing closer to Jesus every day. And you may think this is egotistical, but it's not. I am anointed. I'm empowered. I'm equipped. And called to reach people far from God. And my words and thoughts and imaginations are under the power of Christ. I take all faults captive and make them obedient to Jesus Christ. I wake up with purpose and direction and meaning every day in my life. I truly love people and believe the best about everyone that I preach to and talk to. I'm disciplined, except maybe for Bluebell. I'm sorry. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires inside of me. I'm anointed. God gives me creativity, innovation. I'm focused and blessed beyond measure because the Holy Spirit dwells within me. And my job is to equip people. It's not something I do, it's who I am. I bring my best and then some. The world will be different and better because I served Jesus Today, I am a servant of the Most High God. That's what it's about. Can you make that kind of declaration? Can you make that kind of declaration in your life? When you can, you're walking in purpose. You're walking in in glory. You're walking in the steps of the Lord. I love every one of you. You know that, don't you? I don't even know some of you. But boy, when you get to know me, you'll find out I love guppies. I love your guppies. I truly do. I care about everybody I preach to. I care about everybody that walks in this church. I care about people that I do business with in the world. I I care about them. In first service today, we had two men that work in intelligence that go overseas and they don't go to compromise. They don't go to sit down at tables. They don't go to talk to people and try to make them change their mind. They go to eliminate people. And both of them came down front today and hugged me, saying, I want more purpose in my life. Their purpose is more than just doing eliminations for the government. Their purpose is to serve the God of heaven. And I don't care what you, what you did coming in here today. It doesn't matter. You're going to leave here with a different mindset. Because God has talked to all of us today. Would you stand? Would you stand? Would you stand? Come here, son. Hug my neck. I love you. This young man's from Paraguay. And he married one of our girls. And he's awesome. I don't know anything about Paraguay. But if everybody's like him, I want to go there someday. What a joy to pastor people from all walks of life. From all walks of life. Come here, son. Come here, son. I've watched this boy step up here, son. I've watched this boy play ball since he was in the fourth grade. 
And he'll be a senior next year. And he's going to do great things in life. Because he's got his mind right. And that's an honor for me as a pastor. To have young people with the right mind. I gave him a seat today. I love you, son. Now listen. We've got to form habits. Everybody say first things first. Everybody say our thinking's got to be right. And we'll do it. Raise your hands all over the building. Say I received the word today, pastor. Now clap your hands real big if you really believe that. I received the word. I received the word. I received the word. Come on, clap your hands real big. I received the word. I received the word today. Hallelujah. Bow your heads. Bow your heads. Father, you are so awesome to us. You do so great in all that you do in our lives. And I honor you today. I truly honor you today. I give you my best. I have done my best this morning, Lord, to teach and to preach the gospel of how to change habits in our life. Now, Lord, let us grow. Let us be fervent in our approach to you. Let us understand that you do all things good. And God, fill people with your spirit. Lead people by your spirit. Let them yield to you and let them open their hearts to you. Let them love you with all that's in them. God, change our thinking. If our thinking's wrong, change it. If our thinking's right, give us stronger, stronger thinking. We love you. We honor you. And we praise you today. Now may the face of God be upon us. May your glory dwell with us. May we be back in church at the next appointed time. We have church on Wednesday. And then next Sunday for Super Bowl Sunday, we're going to have a great, great day. 9, 10, 30, and noon. May we be blessed by the Word and by the Spirit of God all week long. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Now listen to me. Put those five points on your refrigerator. I love you. You're awesome people. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Have a great day. I love you all.